Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. We are back for the Charles Schwab Challenge. We are going to have an amazing show tonight. It's a little lengthy, but we cover so much. We're going to talk about all the content we got coming out this week. A lot of special stuff happening. Some relationship news on the TJ front that you're going to want to hear about. We dive deep into the strategy, the theory, the course, all the things you need to know when making betting selections or DFS selections for this week. Very important stuff. At the end, we do a segment called Just the Tip, and we're going to give you guys uh, some basic betting DFS advice that everyone needs to know, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or expert level. You need to know this stuff. It's great, great, great content. Me and Pat get into it tonight. I thought Pat was going to be nice to me. He thought I was going to be nice to him. Apparently, we just pissed each other off. This show is brought to you by our friends at Fantasy National. Uh, dot com slash tj there is no better site on the planet for pga tour stats uh, ownership projections lineup builders lineup optimizers all the all the stats that you could ever dream of are at fantasy national and they have made drastic changes since quarantine to the website if you click on the sneak peek tab in fantasy national you are going to see some amazing stuff and all of fantasy national is free until the ball is in the air on Thursday morning. It is all free. So get in there, dig around, figure out what it's all about, give yourself a little trial, do your research for this week through fantasynational.com slash TJ, and uh, and then check it out. And then you can subscribe. If you do happen to get an offer from Fantasy National this week or you choose to go ahead and subscribe, let them know that TJ sent you. So there's a little section that says, where did you hear about us? Type in Tour Junkies. Uh, Go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ when you sign up, one or the other, and you will get a special offer extra just for the TJ listeners. It's great stuff. All right, let's get right into it. Let's go. COVID-19, we are out of the quarantine, and the tour junkies are back on the scene, and we're a little bit more lean, and welcome to the live stream, I hope you got some Jim Beam, because we're ready to go, you know what I mean, COVID-19, get out of here, it is time, the PGA Tour is back, and the tour junkies are back, and I am Jack, dude, how's it going? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I don't know about the lean part. Now, I got the beard and all that going, but, uh, you know. I hey, mean, look. you know. But COVID-19, just, yeah, I appreciate that, but just tired of COVID-19, ready to get back to some live golf. We got a fantastic field this week. It's going to be awesome, and I am just as pumped as you are. God, I'm so excited. Ready to go. Oh, man. I'm fired up. Uh, I'm DB, otherwise known as David Barnett. I guess David Barnett, otherwise known as DB. The bearded gentleman uh, here in the other other picture is Mr. Pat Perry, um, and uh, he is the other part of the Tour Junkies. We are the Tour Junkies. We're expecting a lot of new listeners tonight, uh, as a lot of you probably are used to betting on, you know, the NBA or Major League Baseball, 
and you're just you're you got an itch that you just can't you can't you can't cure. So here you are. You know, a few weeks into quarantine, I found myself betting on uh, on video game kids, which is weird. Um, but you know, so I understand. I understand. But now you're you're here at the P, you're you're talking about PJ Tour stuff, and let me just tell you, it's the best sweat in all of sports, and I'm pumped. We've got an incredible field tonight. We've got a ton of stuff to cover tonight, Pat. Uh, so I don't want to delay too much, but uh, I got a big long rundown here. That's going to be good stuff. We got a lot of breaking news tonight for the tour junkies. A lot of things we want to keep you updated on. Make sure you're aware of. We have some relationship news. Uh, relationship news tonight. Yeah, relationship. Uh, We're getting into the relationship yeah. deal now. Yeah, we got some relationship news. Some um, relations and rela- having some relations. Yeah. Um, we have we're going to talk about the golf course. Pat's going to give you an amazing course breakdown, some key stats. We're going to talk a ton about strategy this week because what do you do? We're going to talk about DFS and some betting, uh, some betting thoughts. And then at the end of the show, if you're a newbie, uh, actually this is a good message for even the the, the folks who are a little more uh, a, a little more uh, experienced. We got to have just the tip tonight is the final segment, and we're going to give everybody a DFS or betting tip. Uh, that you need to think about. So there you go. Pat, um, let's get into this, man. I think the first thing we need to talk about is what all we got coming out this week, the schedule of content. I agree, but why don't we at least talk about some podcast juice for a second? I mean, we typically start by at least, you know, by talking about I mean, we're rusty. I'm I'm rusty, so you got to give me a little bit of a... Well, I'll start so that you can get yourself together. And okay, I'm going yeah. with a little IPA tonight. Now, this is a change-up for me. That's different. Our new Very our different. new listener, listeners may not know that typically I, I'm going to go with a little Tito's with some mixer. But I'm going with an IPA tonight. i got several over here beside me, and uh, I'm going to enjoy these. Okay. I am. Uh, I guess I'm kind of taking it back to, you know, where, you know, our roots. And uh, I, got, I got some Tito's. I plan on arriving to Planet Tito's uh, here shortly. And it's going to be a great night. Cheers to you, buddy. This has been this has been too long. Now we've done some podcasts since the quarantine, and uh, you need to go check those out. We've done some interviews. We've done you know some of that fun stuff. But the first event preview that wasn't like an exhibition is tonight, since we did it for the players at your house back in like March. Like what is that? March like March tenth or twelfth or something? It was literally like almost three months to the day. Yeah, I mean, insane. All right, let's talk about schedule for the week because you need to know this. What's happening this week? First of all, today, this afternoon, we dropped a video over on our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, you need to make sure and uh, and subscribe ASAP, okay? But if you're not, we interviewed Peter Jennings. If you don't know who Peter Jennings is, let me just tell you, he's one of the best DFS players in, Sharp the, guy. in the world, Sharp. and he's been doing it for a long time. He's a great gambler, great golf better, loves the PJ Tour. We picked his brain and talked about a ton of strategy, a ton of theory. We asked some hard questions of Peter Jennings. Um, it doesn't get too like deep in the weeds or nerdy, and I really think it could apply whether you're just getting started or you've been doing it a long time. We run the gamut. Watch that interview on our YouTube channel, or you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. That already came out. Now, in relationship news, Pat, tomorrow yeah. mm. something is happening. We have we need all the tour junkies diehards to pay attention here. We have an opportunity. We we, we have a newly minted opportunity with Scratch TV. Uh, Scratch TV is owned by the PGA Tour. 
They do a lot of fun, kind of outside the golf world, outside the golf box kind of content. Me and Pat have done some videos for those folks, and the first one is getting released uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I believe around 1 or 2 o'clock Eastern mm -hmm. on Scratch TV's YouTube channel. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be on Instagram. Make sure you go and follow Scratch TV. But this is what we need. It's like a four-and-a-half-minute video, okay? It's about DFS. Anybody that is ever going to play DFS, is gonna, well, it'll apply. Please watch the whole video and, like, share it, retweet it, you know, like it, comment on it about how amazing the tour junkies are we need like all the love okay hit them hit them right in the in the love sack you know what i mean with with tj love i think that's what we could, pat has an incredible acting moment in there i really think it's 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 award-winning oh wow uh, yes yeah you have um, a moment in there that a lot of people are going to be surprised about like damn i didn't know pat had it in him that was an interesting day for us i mean we don't need to get into it but we got there and and and, and worked hard and realized that we had to act or try to pretend to be actors for a day and left yeah. there and left there like, man, that that was difficult. But it's good stuff. Yeah. We really enjoy being a part of it. And Scratch TV is just awesome. All, a lot of the stuff they do is really good. And the fact that it's associated with the tour, um, you know, I think it's just it's fantastic. So definitely got to check it out, share it, like it, do whatever. Yes. Uh, right about the same time, of course, DK, DraftKings, uh, Tour Junkies After Dark, presented by DraftKings, will hit the DraftKings YouTube page. We're going to record that tonight after we get done here. We will be well on our way to Planet Titosville. Pat will be uh, like beer slash wine drunk, and it'll be a great, a great video. You're going to want to head over to DraftKings YouTube page and watch that. Like, thumbs up, share, all that stuff. Then, over on TourJunkies.com, Pat is releasing the Fantasy Golf Sommelier. So you get a little bit of wine information if you're a wine person or you want to just impress another wine person. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're a human that doesn't know much about wine, but there's a, a lady human, one of those female humans that you kind of yes. want to impress about some wine, and you could drop some knowledge with Pat's article while also making a good uh, fantasy golf decision. That will be on tourjunkies.com. Uh, then we have the Chalk Bomb email the best email in all of fantasy or betting golf land By it's far. the best content it's free it's it covers dfs it covers fantasy it makes you laugh it gives you incredible information you need to know right before you lock it in and the first ball goes out in the air on thursday that will hit your inbox on wednesday afternoon um, be sure and subscribe to that if you're not already. You can go to any page on tourjunkies.com, bottom right-hand corner, put your email in, you're subscribed. Okay, then after that, we got the Nut Hut, y'all. The Nut Hut has already been hopping today. People are pumped to get back in the Nut Hut. It is our member chat on tourjunkies.com, $10 a month. We were chatting already today with a few friends, but Wednesday night we'll have our scheduled chat. I'll be in there. Pat will be in there. I've already heard that our boy Moose Metzger from Fantasy National will be in there. I think Ben Little will be in there. We'll all get up in there, and we'll talk about our last-minute thoughts before first ball in the air on Thursday, which does happen after that. Uh, then we've got some more YouTube videos coming out on the channel you're going to want to pay attention to. And then after Thursday, we'll have some live betting thoughts in the Nut Hut, so keep track of that and on our social media. So... That's the schedule for this week, and next week's also going to be crazy. I think I got, I think I got almost all of it. 
how is like there's a are then? you frozen you said yeah. there yeah i was yeah. like there's a then like what's the next thing gum. a lot of good yeah. stuff so um a lot of good stuff uh tonight we're gonna talk about a good bit of DraftKings because you know what pat DraftKings is uh it's kind of that's kind of our rock here you know we kind of go off of DraftKings pricing we talk through that but we also use that to kind of kick around some betting numbers and you know the PJ Tour's back, so we're excited. And uh, DraftKings is adding to that excitement. They are the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, and they are putting you—not you, Pat, but you, the listener/slash viewer—in the center of the action with a free shot at a one million dollar top prize with your first deposit. So for all you folks who have thought about starting a DraftKings account and you haven't, now's the time to do it. Uh, it's very easy to play. We're going to talk about it. You're going to pick six golfers, stay under your salary cap, submit your lineup before Thursday, sit back, watch the golf, enjoy. The more red numbers you have on the leaderboard for your boys, the more green screens you got, and you're going to win some cash. You rack up points for pars, birdies, finish position, and a lot more. It doesn't get any closer to a major than a milli, a, a milli maker here at, at, at the Colonial. You know what yeah, I mean? Awesome. Uh, and a million dollars up for grabs. Here's what you got to do to get it. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That is promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. You do have to deposit at least $5, and the deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Big shout out to our, our folks at DraftKings. They don't they don't have to sponsor the show. I mean, we talk about them all the time, so it's pretty cool that uh, they decided to do that. Um, so we appreciate that. It's a great time to get your get your feet wet if you haven't done that already. Pat, do you want to talk through some relationship news? I feel like I'm you know I mean I tend to talk the most, so I'll let you kind of get into the relationship news if you like. Wow, man. Um, I mean, you don't want to. I. I you know I just don't know where to start. There's so much so much news. I'll start with this. I'll start with the breakup. How about that? I'll start with the breakup. Then we Ooh, can kind of go. Okay. So, you know, a, a lot of you know that have listened to us for a long time have known that we've uh, been associated with Roto Grinders, the great folks over at Roto Grinders. We've really enjoyed working with them, but have kind of scaled back over the last year or so. And so, we have officially basically broken from Roto Grinders. We're not doing anything over there anymore. But Love those folks. They do a lot of good work, and uh, so we we feel honored that we got the opportunity to work with them. But you know, onward onward and upward, we got better things going. So next relationship news. Um, hmm. I don't know where to go. Um. um why don't you, you know, go with this one, and then I'll go with it. I'll I'll. I'll a lot in. of you. A lot of you, if you're Chalk Bomb subscribers or you've listened long enough, you know about our boy Ben Little. And Ben is a brilliant mind and brain behind the Chalk Bomb concept. He doesn't write all of it, but he does write the Chalk Bomb section. He's, he minds the 10 facts for you. He opens up the email every week with an incredible preview. Super smart guy. He's been contributing with us at Tour Junkies for a couple years now, uh, more than a couple years, I think. Um, Great guy, day trader, brilliant, you know, analyst, uh, statistics guy, way smarter than me and Pat, like super sharp guy, uh, and just has been super loyal to the tour junkies and uh, has, has given us a lot in the last couple years. 
And uh, over the break, over quarantine, we decided for the first time ever, in fact, he was the first person we ever even discussed the opportunity or possibility of, but we decided to make Ben part owner of Tour Junkies uh, LLC, uh, if you will. Um, It's always been just me and Pat. And, uh, you know, Ben... Uh, has earned it, and what's cool is his story. We don't have to get into all that now, but he just—he was just a, a listener, and he just started giving us what he could give us, and like his time and his his brain, and all you know. And we just became great friends, and it's just a great story. And uh, we appreciate Ben a lot. So now the tour junkies, although you know Ben doesn't love to be on camera, um, and he's not super active on social media unless he's talking about what stocks to buy or sell. Um, you know, the face of TJ is still probably going to be these two boys. I'm sorry. Ben's not that much better looking anyway. Um, but the, a lot of the brains behind the operation are going to be Mr. Ben Little. So um, we have added a very strong member to the team, and uh, we appreciate Ben. I almost we feel like mentioned... he's been a member of the team, but it's more official yeah, he, now. Yeah, you know? 100%. It is more official. Um, other than that, I think we're good for, for this week. Uh, we already talked about Scratch TV. Hopefully more things to come with Scratch TV as well. Um, and then, you know, we do have another pretty big relationship that is sealed, signed, sealed, delivered. Not quite appropriate this week to, to maybe go into detail with all the other things we have to cover. But you will be seeing a lot, of, a lot about it in the coming uh, weeks, and we're, we're super pumped about that. So. Uh, I think that's it, Pat. Are we ready to get into this? The course breakdown. We got to yes. talk some stats. There's a ton of strategy we got to talk about as we approach this weird week um, before we, you know, start breaking down the players and the picks. Uh, are, are we? Are we ready to go? Yeah, I think so. I can't even believe I've gotten three three quarters of this beer already. With and we aren't even to the course breakdown, but right. that's good. That's that sounds... putting us on a good trajectory here. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's yeah. Do it. So. The Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas. We are at Colonial Country Club. It is a par 70, playing just over 7,200 yards. Bent grass greens. You hear it a lot this week. If you if you listen to other folks, this is just a classical, just, you know, great old course. They've played this tournament forever here, I think since the 1940s. You got Bermuda fairways uh, and rough uh, around the greens. There, and around the greens, it's all Bermuda. Um you know, this is one of those courses that is, it's one of those less than driver courses. I don't think you really have to hit driver a whole lot. There's a lot of dog legs out here, which takes the driver out of these guys' hands. Now, some guys with the length, they may try to just bomb it over the dog legs and do that. But really, all types of players can play well here. Um, you know, I like the guys that tend to work the ball both ways off the tee. But really, in general, it is a second shot golf course. That's where you're making your money here. They are extremely small greens, very tough to hit. So greens and regulation is definitely important. Uh, and scrambling, if you're going to miss the greens, you got to be able to get up and down. Uh, it, once you get on these greens with the bent grass, they typically run really quick. They have a ton of slope and a lot of undulation, so they can be a little bit tricky. I think that you know, with this course, and really a lot of times when you see a course like this that has a lot of uh, history behind it that's classic like it is, I think it takes a lot of experience out here. You know, one of the things we did uh, during the quarantine is we inter- interviewed Boo Weekly, who has won here before, and started out playing here not so great. But then as he got more and more experience, he got better because he learned the spots that he could 
hit it into on in the fairways and give himself the best angles into these greens and, and you know to attack them to get birdies and things like that you know off the tee is just i just don't see a whole lot of importance there because i do think accuracy could be a thing but the rough really isn't all that penal so i don't necessarily know if you got to be you know hitting it exactly in the fairways you just got to get yourself good angles to be able to attack the greens so i think that's important as well you know you're going to see it right from the start the guys that start on hole number one that's a par five that is easily gettable and if your guys aren't birdie in that hole you're going to get upset because that's the one that they really need to take advantage of out here on this course um outside of that you know the stats i'm looking at i mentioned um greens and regulation definitely looking at scrambling looking at strokes gained approach uh i do like ball striking in general i think that's something to take a look at and of course course history is going to have a little bit higher weight than maybe normal just because we don't have anything else and that's where you know the strategy is really going to come into play for this week because we don't have any recent form. We have nothing to go off of with recent form. So I think you've got to rely on the data this week, look at some course history, and then go from there. And maybe, you know, take a few chances just because we don't have that recent form. But um, so just some thoughts there on the course, a little bit of strategy talk. I know we'll probably get into more of that, uh, DB. Past champs here, I like to run through those. And last year we had Kevin Na in 2018, Justin Rose. Kevin Kisner in 2017, Jordan Spieth in 2016, and Chris Kirk in 2015. Uh, who knows? Maybe Kirk can start making a comeback like our boy Brendan Todd did. You know, Kirk's kind of, you know, was yeah. was off the map a little bit last last year because of some personal things, but starting to get get playing better now. So there you go. That is your course breakdown, DB. Throw in uh, gaps, spots, things I missed. What, what are your thoughts? I hope I hope you're in a good mood. I hope you're in good spirits. I hope that you are. Um, I hope that with you know being a, a week where we're gonna have golf, you don't fly off the handle because I I would hate to see. Um, I would hate to see you know new listeners be like, what is going on? <laughs> well, I just feel I mean, like I'm watching a married couple here. That happens because, from time to time. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me let me tell you what I agree with. Most everything you said, classic type tree line course. Yep. 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 Um, I do think the par five, the par fives are actually ranked. They rank pretty tough. Uh, it's, it, you know, if you got if you got people not scoring on the par fives, you know, it does it does tend to happen. You see very few eagles on this golf course. Uh, as you mentioned, the weather does look pretty good right now, but that's something very important to look at uh, as we get to Wednesday night, which is another big reason to be in the Nut Hut on Wednesday, so we can break that down, talk about it, because the course really. Its biggest defense is, uh, you know, is wind and firmness of conditions, right? Um, but right now, I think we're going to get firm conditions, but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of wind. In terms of stats that I'm looking at, pretty much agree with you. I think off the tee, off the tee stats are almost neutral. Like, even if you if you look at uh, Data Golf, that has a really good tool over there. I mean, it basically says driving accuracy is actually just as important, really not even more important than a standard PGA Tour event. So I wouldn't wait that too much. Distance is a lot less important here. So really, like off the tee, you could almost squash it because I, almost everybody's going to be hitting to the same spots on this golf course. There may be a few bombers that try to carry some some uh, some lines, some dog legs, but for the most part, everybody's got to kind of be in the same spot. If you eliminate like the bottom 25% of just god awful off the tee people, okay, whether they're 
long hitters, short hitters, whatever it is, if they just if they suck it at getting it in the fairway, no matter what, eliminate those people, and then the rest of them, I really don't care much about their off the tee stats. This boils down to, like you said, iron play from the fairways, strokes gained approach, uh, greens in regulation, uh, bent grass putters. These are very small greens, but they're bent grass. And then people who can grind around the greens and get up and down, okay? Because you're going to miss these small greens, like you said. So you need grinders, scramblers, bent grass putters, iron players. That's what you need in terms of stats. Now, what I disagree with you on is the value of course history. Um, I actually think course history is almost worthless this week because you are when you think about the strength of this field it is I, I did some research on it today according to the world golf ranking this field last year had the same strength of field record uh, strength of field as the CJ Cup and the Shriner Hospitals for Children Open which were both fall swing events littered with new corn fairy graduates and uh, you know just no namers okay this strength of field last year was the same. If you look at years previous, it's not much better. It's very close, okay, very similar. This, what we're seeing now is the strongest field Colonial has ever seen by a long shot. This field ranks equivalent to what you would see in a Northern Trust Open or a BMW Championship for the FedEx Cup playoffs. In those events, you know, you got the best players in the world and the cream typically rises to the top. I just don't see how you can wait I, I, if you want to wait course history, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't hate it, and I'm not saying I won't look at somebody with an incredible record here just to say, okay, clearly they're probably comfortable here. Clearly something suits their eye. But beyond that, I don't think you can really apply much to it. If, if you're looking at, okay, well he's got four top 25s here, like it just doesn't matter because in previous years this is like a corn fairy event can, compared to what we have right now. This is a big boy golf tournament. Brian Gay's record for the last 10 years has nothing to do with looking at Brian Gay this, this, this week. So I, I think it's a good point that you're making, but I don't necessarily think it's that big of a difference that you're making. I think there's, a, there's not that huge of a gap. I, I think you can look at course history and still look at these top guys that are in here that have played here before and do have a good course history and incorporate that into your strategy and your picks and things like that. Now, there's a several guys that have zero course history here or like DJ haven't played here in six years or Rory, who I don't think he's ever played here. So you, you, I agree with, I think I like your point as far as the strength of field and how that might affect course history, but I still think you don't just disregard it in, in, in general. I just, I don't think that's, necessarily because I don't do that in any week I don't do that in any week now there's certain courses where you may disregard course history more than you might uh, other courses but like for instance the Masters we tend to really look at course history Masters week a lot more than we typically do now it's always a strong field like this is and things like that I think a course like Colonial that you know like Boo Weekly said in, in our interview that takes a little bit of experience and things like that. That's why I think I look at course history because I'm looking at guys who have experience playing this course and know how to play it, may know the slopes on the green, have experience out here and things like that. That to me is what is important from a course history standpoint. I'm not going to look at a guy like Brian Gay that you mentioned though and necessarily say, okay, well that that's a you know great pick this week. You know, 
probably not because okay. of the way this field is. So, and so I get your point, and I think it's a good point. I just don't know. I can't get a hundred percent on board with like you changing my mind that I'm, I'm, you know, as far as course history is concerned. And God right, so knows, I looked, hate getting into a course history argument too. So, so, so if you looked at the five categories of things, if we're going to talk, especially uh, four of the five apply to also betting. Um, but but let's just talk about about uh, DFS. If you look at ownership, recent form, long term form, course history, and stats, you look at those five things, right? And when I say recent form, I mean everything from January to wh- what we last saw, right? That's as recent as we have. Long term form being your, you know, what have they historically been very good at over the last couple years, three or four years, whatever. Um, where so what would you say is the most important thing for DFS out of those five things I mean for me one of the most important things that I look at is probably recent form which we don't have this week we're throwing out okay but I'm saying out of this recent form so does that mean you're devaluing devaluing it more so than you do normal weeks because I think that would be the move right yeah I think so okay maybe I've stumped you here I will say this, for, for DFS, um, we can argue about course history for 20 minutes, but at the end of the day, I, I think we probably both agree the number one thing, or if it's not one, it's number two, is ownership this week, because... Oh, wait, okay. There, I t- yeah, you totally, some question. I totally I didn't. You. Yeah, yeah, I stumped <laughs> I, I totally it was a really them. tough question. <laughs> yeah. It was a really tough question. I gave you five five things. I know that was for a this lot. Week, for this week, yeah, week you're one. totally right. Ownership get is it. definitely okay. the biggest thing. So in DFS this week, bar anything else, ownership is numero uno because there we don't have true recent form, right? We 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 don't know what these guys have been doing. Um, you know, it, it's uh, we've already talked about how course history is devalued this this week. It's not it hasn't increased in value above a standard kind of week that you play. Um, stats are always important. Stats are always good to look at, but if this is all about ownership, so. It's tough. We were talking about it uh, before we came on. Like, this is one of those weeks where it's going to be. It's 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 always hard to predict ownership on a Monday night when we record this podcast. But it's extra hard to predict ownership on a Monday night when you have zero recent form to go off of. You you don't have any ownership numbers from the week before. You don't have. We're not in the regular cadence. It's like predicting ownership. You know, at the at the. Uh, you know the first event of the swing season or whatever, or whatever it is like we have nothing to go off of which again is why being a member of the nut hut is super important and subscribing to the chalk bomb is super important because we 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 are going to name some names tonight that we're going to think are one way and they're going to be another when it comes to ownership but that is number one this week is ownership uh, and then you can let the rest of it sort sort it out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Ownership, the ownership is, is certainly one. big. But here's another thing I want to say, and I'm I'm going to get into this a little bit when we talk at the end on our just the tip segment. Um, this is a week where you really can, if if you want to see what the stats show you, you know, if you want to look at the data and you want to go with that as your strategy, and you just want to go off the data because we don't have the recent form, it's harder to know ownership. We'll know that later in the week. I am I'm actually going to probably be more heavy on stats than I ever have this week as far as I'm going to have a certain amount. We've already talked about a few that I'm looking at. I'm going to look at them in, in a lot of different ways, whether it's going out 100 rounds where it's shortening it up, 24 rounds. And I think you can really play around with it this week more so than any 
just to see where it takes you. And, you know, I don't, we'll see how that goes for me, but that's definitely something that I think is interesting. But yeah, number one this week is going to be ownership, especially in these big tournaments like the Millie Maker. So, you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough. And after this, I know a lot of our listeners and viewers won't be able to thank you enough. You brought up just the tip. And if you're a man who gets just the tip in there and then he's like, Gah! and he, and he has a problem or he can't even get it going there, our friends at Roman have the answers. Okay. We've been talking about Roman for a few weeks and you know how awkward erectile dysfunction can be. And Roman has provided a simple, convenient solution that you can deal with from the comfort and the privacy of your own couch. You know what I mean? Like discreetly not having to walk in and be weird or having to make a weird phone call and appointment like hey uh yeah this is pat perry and uh um uh i i have i can do just the tip and that's it can i get some why do you help gotta, what, you know why do you that would be all my name in a because i'm doing the ad read i get to do that um our friends at roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state and one of them licensed your state kind of doctors you know what i mean they your state, they're, they're doctors and they're licensed, and you can do it right from your house. Um, you just grab your phone, computer, complete the free online visit. You'll hear back from your U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours, not your Indonesian physician. We've already talked about that. It's a U.S. physician, right? Um, that means us. He's looking out for us. You know what I mean? Uh, and if the doctor decides that the treatment's right for you, your medication gets shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. So you need that thing in a hurry. The weekend's coming, and you need it quick. You can get it right now. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan, and there are no commitments, so you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, stay home and go to GetRoman.com slash TourJunkies for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That is GetRoman.com slash TourJunkies for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Bow, 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 bow. Thanks we for really running. segued into that. One. Thanks for that pretty, segue. Pretty yeah, Man, you're welcome for that. We've actually nailed the segues uh, for the Roman ad. I'm, I'm actually really proud of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's a lot we just don't know, man. There's a lot we don't know. I a agree, lot we don't man. know. But I love I it. I'm 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 embracing the, the volatility. For a second there. I believe it. I'm embracing the volatility. Now, here's the thing. I, th- I think I told some folks last week on the podcast. We kind of previewed some of the storylines going into this week. I said, hey. Don't let me blow my wad, speaking of Roman, don't let me blow my wad on on the first week because there's going to be so much volatility. You're going to be so excited. You're going to want to spend more units. You're going to want to spend more money and enter more contests. But there is a lot of volatility, and, and, and people could get the COVID, you know. Maybe they didn't see the message from our pastor that kicked it off with the You know, maybe that didn't happen. Um, a lot of things could happen. So... Uh, there's a lot of volatility, and it, and it could it could mean you come out on the good end of that. It could mean you come out on the really really piss poor end of that. So I'm trying to stay disciplined because not only that, but also saving a few units back for some live betting ads. I would like to do, uh, and potentially some showdown stuff. I, I would be interested in doing some showdown plays over on DraftKings as well. So just consider it. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard to hold back. Are you, I'm just going to go ahead you and like, say that I'm probably going to... You're all in? I'm going to yeah. freaking go it nuts. Is, it's very tough. Yeah. It is very tough. Um, all right, let's 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 get into this, man. Let's start it off. Let's go. I'm going to my new 
Fantasy National um, Stat Engine, which is new and improved and freaking amazing. It's awesome. Uh, I'm going to look at that. All right, let's pull this up. So it, we're going to start with the 9K and above range on DraftKings. We're going to go off of that. And uh, we're going to pick three players for tournaments that we like and one player for cash that we like and then give a fade in this range, Patrick. Uh, I'll, I'll get us going. I am going to play a guy who um, is arguably the best player in the world, and uh, it's John Rahm at $11,000. Putts very well on bent grass historically. One of his best, it is his best putting surface, uh, right up there next to Poa. Now, he actually does have two top fives and a, a runner-up here as well um, at this event, so he's familiar with the event. And I, you know, I love where his game was at before the break. I feel like he's a safe bet up here, and I don't mind spending the 11000 for him. And I don't mind where – I don't care where he ends up in terms of ownership either. If he is going to be chalk, he is actually chalk I am willing to consume this week. So if he's 25% projected owned, which he won't be, but if he was that high owned, I would still go way overboard on him. I like him that much. He checks all the boxes for me. Um, so John Rahm is where I'm going to start it off up there at 11,000. Uh, as I go down, Xander Schauffele, which I think is kind of like John Rahm light, is down there at 9,600. Love Xander. Uh, love the iron play. One of the best iron players on the PJ Tour, hands down. Um, greens and regulation, he checks that box really well. The flat stick is the problem, right? We got to see Xander make some putts, but I feel like Xander's, you know, he's he's just been, I mean, God, what's he been doing? Like he's he's single, he's got nothing else going on. Like he's, surely he's been hitting a few golf balls. Um, so I think Xander is uh, is a really good play at 9,600. And then I am going to go down to another player that I think is going to be chalk, but like John Rahm is chalk and willing to eat, and that is the rookie. Mr. Colin Morikawa, who is yet to miss a cut on the PGA Tour. You got to know Morikawa wants to come out here and prove himself in this massive field. He's already uh, ranked currently the, the best iron player, strokes gained approach, uh, statistically um, the, the best on the PGA Tour so far this season. He hits fairways no problem. Um, you know, he doesn't miss a lot of greens. So I, I'm not really concerned about his scrambling stat because he rarely misses a green. Like Xander, it kind of comes down to the flat stick, but that's everybody this week. And, you know, putting is not very predictive anyway. So, you know, when we have nothing to really go off of for these last 90 days, it's it's tough to wrap my mind around, you know, uh, some short-term putting for him anyway. So we don't really have enough on Morikawa to make a judgment with the flat stick. Um, but the ball striking, the price, the win equity for Morikawa is so, so, so hot right now. Um, I gotta have me some. In fact, he is also where I would play. I would start a cash lineup. So he is my cash lock in that range as well. So Rom, Xander, Morikawa for me. Those are my three favorites. Now I like a, a few other names in here. Maybe you'll mention them. Maybe you won't. And I will save my fade for after you go, sir. So why don't you tell us what you got? Well, I've kind of been sitting over here with a smirk on my face because. Um, Right off the bat, one of the first things I don't know if this has ever happened or it hasn't happened in a long time. The very you know we we taught we you know changed this format 
several years ago where we basically pinned these guys down. We, we're going to go with our three GPPs, our cash, our fade in each of these categories. So we can't. So we don't talk about every name in the yeah, field. Yeah, and so we can. And yeah. also, we don't divert either. When uh, like if somebody goes one way, we go the other or whatever. So, um, my first two guys were Rom and, Zan- and Xander. So I don't. I mean, okay. I was I'm right. kind of surprised by that. Um, I'm not as surprised nice. by Rom as I am by Xander. I didn't think I didn't think you were going to go there, but I'm in total. I love agreement. Xander. Yeah, I'm usually a sucker for Xander. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had the bet. The last bet you lost was because you were a sucker for Xander. Oh, that is that's, true. That's why you had a tra- that. that's why Damn. you had a tramp stamp. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know what else I can add. I mean, you know, again, the, those guys are I think are, are great plays this week. We'll see where the ownership comes in. Um, my I'm gonna go before I go to my GPP because I think it, you are gonna hate this one. But my cash play is gonna be Webb. I love Webb at at 9800. I think that's a good price for him. He's obviously, you know, we, we can get into course history and whatever else. He does have a good course re, course history here. This is a great fit for him. I think he's one guy that can come out of this quarantine and everything, and he's probably grinded the whole time. He checks the box in, also in um, ball striking, strokes gain approach. He's a good scrambler. So I like, I like some web here at 9,800. I think he's a very solid cash play. My other GPP play is going to be a guy – who's been in transition. We've seen him win here, as I mentioned Is he changing earlier. from male to female? What kind of, what kind of transition? No, he's been in transition about? from okay, a club. Okay, you made it sound like this was a He's he been in transition from a club. Like 2020 state. kind of transition. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? yeah. Well, yeah, 2020 is their transition. Hey, people... it's a weird year. Yeah. We never... That's... <laughs> anyway, a club transition. Yeah. But I think he's been grinding and out because of that. We oh, saw I know, him. I know who this we is. saw him throw in the Taylor Maids uh, at the Honor Palmer. I'm going to go with some Justin Rose at 9,000. I think he's going to have super low ownership. When you look at the ownership in this area, it's certainly going to be spread out because of all these big names in here. But again, a guy that's had you know good history here uh, in the past. I think that Justin Rose can come out firing. I think he, you know when you're going through, it's like Ricky Fowler, which is which is one guy I like here too, but. You know, when you're going through a club change or um, a coach change like Ricky Fowler's going through, I think you tend to grind a little bit more, and you tend to pay attention a little bit more to how your game is, and you get more dialed in. And so since we don't have recent form, and Rose was kind of, you know, a little bit all over the place before he, he made this change, we don't it, – it hasn't looked great. I think you're going to get him – uh, you know, at, at good ownership levels when it comes to tournaments. So I like him from a tournament play at 9,000. So he will be my last GPP play. Do you want me to talk my fade first, or do you want to go with yours? Um, all right. Rosie, I, I get it with Rosie. Um, thank God he put down the Hanma. He's at 50-1, to 1 too, which is a big number, I think, for a guy like that. Uh, with some win equity for sure, fifty to one is uh, it, that's over on uh, DK Sportsbook. Uh, by the way, Xander at thirty to one is another big number. Another guy with a lot of win equity. Big, you know, he's kind of a big game hunter. Always plays well in tough fields. So you mentioned Webb. Webb, I don't mind Webb. He is going to be. I think I think Webb is going to be the highest owned player in this field when it all is said and done. Um, so just know that about him if you're going to play him. Now you mentioned him in cash, which ownership doesn't matter at that point. But if, if you just really love Webb, you know, you can play him. I mean, I, I think you're going to find, you know, if, if you're playing this week, like you need to commit to a, a couple or three 
you know, studs up here at the top, regardless of ownership, go overweight on him, and then and then have a bunch of guys in the seven K that are just stacked, right? Or you can really you can just go more balanced and cut your player pool down a little bit, see what happens. But I, I think ownership is going to be so diluted um, once we get down into the sevens and six K range. Like even though there's a lot of interesting names here, I think ownership is going to be so diluted um, when uh, you know when you get to that point. So I just don't I don't think it matters until until you get to that 8k 9k 10k range i just don't i don't feel like it matters so um okay. all right let, wh- who's your fade who's your fade in that range i'm fading dj at 9500 i, I could oh see, yeah that's easy i mean I, it's it's probably an easy one but look we haven't seen him play that great this year um i mean heck even in the daggum match thing he didn't look good at all um hasn't played this course in six years so very little experience out here I just I, and I think you know a lot of people are going to see DJ you know especially the the new money coming into some of these events you know DJ's ninety five hundred oh man you know that's that's a great price I just I'm not I'm just not going to play him this week so maybe an easy one but that's where I'm going there with my fade so that's actually a good point you talk about public money we really didn't mention that I mean I think that's something we don't talk enough about and I think if you listen to our Peter Jennings podcast I think the key word for that podcast was dynamic all right that's what we kept talking about is things are dynamic week to week player to player you can't get too rigid with with um, with that process so you know um this week, because you've got you got to think about what contest you're getting in. You know, the the Millie Maker is going to be a massively public contest. So guys like um, DJ may be more popular than they should than they would be in maybe a high stakes uh, contest, one of the single entry, three max entry contests, or something like that. Um, you know, and vice versa. Your Scotty Scheffler may not be as popular in a Millie Maker as he will be. For a higher stakes contest, because most people won't know, a lot of people won't know who he is. A lot of this new money. I mean, when I was playing freaking, you know, esports three weeks into, you know, into uh, freaking quarantine. I mean, I was just going off of what I saw somebody say, but I didn't know any of the, the the names. So it could definitely happen. Something to think about if you're playing in higher stakes contests, then the chalk is going to be slightly different there. You know, like DJ is probably going to be is going to be like below. 10% in one of those contests, whereas you might catch him in the milli above 10. Uh, it's just something to think about there in terms of ownership. It's dynamic contest by contest. Um, all right, Pat, so let's start with the next range, which is our 8K range. Why don't you, why don't you kick us off for that one? I need to make sure you're still, you're still, uh, you're still not, you're not pixelating over there or anything like that. Yeah, well, I think we're going to have, uh, I, I could see us not having the same players here, but I'll start uh, with old Matt Kuchar at 8,500. Liking him a lot this week. Um, he checks the box and strokes gained around the green. He's got Old good experience. Future. Yep, got good experience here. I think um, you know another guy that I think the layoff isn't really going to kill his you know mojo all that much. Um, so you're pouring a drink in the middle of the cooch talk. So obviously you're you're you, you know maybe that he's giving you a little bit of you know you're a little nervous about him. But you know he was, refill, man. he was playing okay, but. Um, I just think, you know, we'll, we'll see with Cooch. I don't think the ownership's going to be very high with him, and I just think he's a, a solid, solid player uh, in this range at 8,500. 
Also like Tony Finau at 8,700 mm. as well. I think he is a fantastic play this week. Um, he's eighth in the field in ball striking. He is sixth in strokes gained approach. Top 10 in strokes gained around the green. Top 10 in greens and regulation. I like me some uh, some Finau this week. And if you look at, you know, um, how he's done here in the past, uh, he finished second last year. I don't know if he's ever missed a cut here, at least not dating back till 2015. Um, I, I think Finau is in a good spot here at 8,700, so I like him. Um, I don't know what his odds are. You may have those right in front of him, but they I, they might be pretty pretty daggum good um, as well. Um, but anyway, he is another GPP play that I like here. Uh, Finau's a 45-1. Okay. Now, this guy that I'm going to talk about next, I could go GPP probably or cash, but I just get a feeling he's going to be a, a, a little bit chalky, uh, even though he's maybe a little bit lesser known, but it, the, he's not lesser known in our industry, and that's Scotty Scheffler at 8400 in cash. I think he is a fantastic play. We've seen him playing in some of these little events like the Merido in Texas and things like that, and has been just... Stripe Scott it and it'll, no, it'll, not Scottsdale. There's another outlaw tour. He yeah, and maybe there's an outlaw tour event that he played well in, but um, just really has been striping it well. Uh, a great ball striker. Um, you know, a Texas guy. He grew up around the Dallas area, um, so I think that you know he is just. This is a great spot for him. Who knows? This would be his first tournament win. So I like him as, in cash, but I do like him in GPPs as well. We'll I'll see what ownership comes in at. I just feel like he's being talked up a lot. From what I've seen, I think there's a lot of talk yeah. from Scotty Scheffler. So, you know, but I do love him regardless. Um, he's one of those I'm talking about that's going to be chalkier in the sharper contest. Yeah. It, but in in the Millie, I see him being less owned than, I, I bet his average ownership in the in the Millie versus like the $100, the $200, the $555, I, I bet the average ownership may be a little higher in those. Yeah, um, great player. See, couldn't couldn't agree more. It's just going to come down to you know, are you eating chalk elsewhere? Or are you going to you going to go ahead and take that? But I think it'll be chalk. He's at thirty five to one on DK, which I think that's a little short for him. Like yeah, it's, I agree. It's a, it seems What's a little Fino? short, in, but in like in comparison, what is Fino? Fino's forty five to one. Uh, but like when you look at when you look at Scheffler at the guys around Scheffler who are also thirty five to one, you got Sung Jay, Ricky Fowler uh, are both thirty five to one, and Xander's thirty to one. So I do think that's a little short. He should probably be a little longer than that. But it does appear to be a little bit of a DK value um, in terms of DFS. Uh, but that's why he's going to be chalked too. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. who'd you say your cash play was? That was Scheffler. Okay. I just realized I didn't give you my fade for the nine k and above. DJ, oh, yeah. I think is an easy. That was probably in the fade. middle of the whole frozen pat thing. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I, I, you know, this is going to come to a big shock to a lot of people, but I'm not going to play any Bryson this week. Uh, mm. This is not a course for him. It's just not a course for him. I listen. This I realize a, that he's, this is a shocker for all that have listened to us from a, you know, I forever. Realize, I realize he's, you know, he's he's young, he's single. I guarantee he doesn't have a girlfriend. God, can you imagine the, the woman that's going to want to be around Bryson DeChambeau all day and just talk about himself 24-7? So he's probably been hitting a lot of golf balls. We know he's been working out. If you've watched his Twitch stream, it's like golf balls, workout, uh, and then games. Fortnite. 
Um, and, uh, you know, so I get he's going to be eager to play. He's a Texas guy as well, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the, the longer guys are neutered here. They just are. They're just a little neutered. That It doesn't mean that there's – It doesn't mean that they're ever still – seen it, heard that term being used for – I was just talking to my wife about a dog, and we talked about getting it neutered, so that's kind of okay. – It's fresh on my mind. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, he – the distance is neutered a little bit because, again, you're all going to be hitting it to similar spots. Now, he may be hitting iron off the tee, whatever, I get it. But but Bryson, Bryson wants to hit ball far. You know, like, that's all he wants to do right now. Like, give me a break. Um, I'm just not I'm not going to play him at that price. Uh, I'm not going to play him, and I think his ownership's going to be up there a little bit uh, for that range, so I'm out. Uh, in terms of the 8K and above, I actually had circled and am in total agreement with you on Matt Kuchar. Um I like Cooch here, and I do think Kuchar is going to be a chalkier play down here in the 8K range. I think Scheffler is going to be a chalky play in the 8K range. Um, but I like him. I, I love. I like the value. I like the win equity. The 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 history here. The, he fits the profile of like what a really good player at Colonial would look like. It looks like Matt Kuchar, and we know that big fields like this have never scared Matt Kuchar. So it's not. It's not like. You know, it's a difference in taking like Zach Blair to play well here, who also fits the profile of Colonial, who 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 you know his strongest event is like at the you know at the Butt Club or uh, you know Secession with his buddies, right? Like this is Matt Kuchar who plays in a lot of a lot of major events. So I like Kuchar here, and I like the win equity for him. Now the second name I have circled for tournaments is going to be my edge. That's going to be it's going to be my edge. Okay. This is where you're going to gain an edge because he's going to be like 5% owned or less unless for some weird reason DB is like going to give him a big boost in the ass in ownership. And that is uh, your open champion, Mr. Shane Lowry. Um, I, I, like, I like a little Shane this week. Now let me tell you something. This is one of the best scramblers in the world. Not on the PJ Tour, not on the European Tour, in the world. One of the best scramblers at getting up and down on the planet fantastic putter solid ball striker iron player doesn't make a lot of big mistakes and you can't this is a this is a uh you know this is not a birdie fest even though you got a bunch of big names here this isn't quite a birdie fest now it's gonna, it's not going to be like major championship scoring but it's it's not going to be like 20 under i'll be no, shocked it's okay? usually like 12 to 14 under that wins this tournament yeah uh, his best putting surface is bent grass which we which we have here and he and no one i feel like is going to play him People are going to go all around him. Nobody's going to play him. So I love Lowry as a as a DFS um, GPP edge player. There. I like that. I like that call. I'm going to go, yep, and I got Kuchar in cash. Uh, and and then I think in terms of, we got to talk about Jordan Spieth, okay? I, I think we need to talk about okay. to fade or to play Jordan Spieth. Um, because you can't argue with the record here, right? Uh, amazing record here. So it comes down to how much are we waiting course history, okay? Um, where is Jordan? I'm not, I can't find Okay, there he is. Uh, you know, previous winner here, Texas boy. Um, I'm trying to think of the things that are, that are working for him. Bent grass, definitely his best putting surface. Um, definitely one of the best all-time, you know, scramblers in this field. Um and even when he was in the slump, like the chipping and putting was there. You, you can't the chipping and putting was there. He he was not in the slump coming into this break because of 
chipping and putting. It was hitting the fairway and his iron play and greens and regulation, all that kind of stuff. So here comes a 90-day break where he doesn't have to deal with the media. He doesn't have to deal with the questions. He doesn't have to deal with all that mess. He can go under the radar, get his work done, put in the time, figure it out, get away, do his thing, be a newlywed. You know, um, he probably doesn't need Roman, but do his thing <laughs> and and slide in under the radar, right? Not have to play in the match, the challenge, the driving relief BS. Like just just go away and figure some stuff out because he was lost. Okay, he gets to come back at a event in his home state of Texas where he's won before with other with runner ups to boot on top of that um extremely comfortable not one of the top names in terms of like betting odds or you know not not a ton of pressure but i just kind of let's wait and see it you know it's like he's as set up for success as i think he could possibly be without like coming back to augusta national as his like first event back so you know the question is what's he gonna do now if he comes out and he sucks like this week and the next couple then you wonder, will he ever get it back? Because you gotta, you got to figure if he's ever going to get it back, he got it back in the last 90 days and figured some stuff out. So what are you going to do with Jordan Spieth, all those things considered? Well, I think there are so many different things. He's very. This is a very polarizing subject this week because you've also we talked about sort of the public money kind of deal, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a big yep. name when it comes to that. So that could affect some ownership. I think ownership for him will be interesting to see where it is. I've heard him talked up a lot already um, because of the course history. And and even the three-month the three month break is, like, being put in as, like, that's, that's the, the greatest thing for him. It could have been. Like, I think for some people... You know, like a Tiger Woods. Oh, it, could, it, it couldn't have hurt? Like he no, was it terrible. couldn't have hurt. I mean, like for Tiger Woods, it was perfect, you know, like for him. I and mean, he's not in this field. But, you know, with the injury and all that kind of stuff, I don't know if Jordan's found it, though, all of a sudden in three months. Because no, he, he didn't knows. really – like we just don't know. So, if I got a Jordan who's pretty low-owned in, in tournaments, then I think I'm, I might, you know um, – I might I might have him in a few lineups, but if if I get a chalky Jordan, I don't I don't want any part of him. And I listed him as my fade here in this category. I just don't I just don't see playing a lot of them because of ownership, and I feel like it's going to be high. That's a guess. I don't know. You know I suck at it, and everybody listens to us knows yeah, I did. suck at ownership. But I just don't feel like if we get him high owned that he he's he's worth the play. I, I really don't. And um, so, right now I'm saying I'm fading him. If I see him though looking around like eight, nine, ten percent in a in a GPP, I'll, I'll probably take an extra look at him because look, you know this is a good course fit for him when his game is on. If it is, if he's gotten it back over these three months and he's got a chance here, um, you know to to fix things in those three months, this is a great fit for him. I mean, as you said. Putts great on bent grass. He's top 15, actually, in the field in, in um, scrambling, and that's just going off of his last, I think, 36 rounds or so. So he's, he's been scrambling well uh, the last you know year or this year. So, But everything else he's sucked at. I mean, across the board, it's been awful. Ball striking 134th in the field, um, you know, 125th in strokes gained approach, 
130th in greens and regulations. All these things that we're talking about that are important this week, he has not been good at leading up to when the pandemic started and everything like that. So unless the light switch just all of a sudden came on during the three-month break, I just don't know if we're going to see Jordan do anything different than we've seen in the last year, year and a half. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to be super chalk because I think you're starting to get very diluted as we get down here. So I think he's going to fall in that 10 to 15% range. I think 15 is his peak, and that may be in the milli. I mean, I mean, even public money is well aware of his documented struggles because it's been happening since like late, like like middle, yeah. early last year. It hasn't, it wasn't good. So um, I think his peak is 15. Like I think my thing is okay if he's 10. What do I do? If he's 10%. What do I do? Because it's it's intriguing. I don't think he has any win equity. I, don't, I, I well not 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 enough for me. Um, I mean, yeah, he's definitely won in amazing fields, but I don't think he's going to come out of what he came out of and win right off the bat. But it it would not shock me if he comes out and finishes T twenty and makes the you know makes some birdies. Um, that's where I just don't know what to do. And at that point, maybe it's just a it's just a wait and see. Uh, I want him to do well. I would like him to I, Yeah, do well. I do too. I, I want him to do well. I don't want him to whine and piss and moan like a little baby like he does a lot. Maybe he's grown up and he's realized, like, okay, I don't want him to hear that. But I, he's good for the game. I want to see him play well. Officially, my fade in this range is Jason Day. Mm. Uh, another player that, you know, we, we Are don't, you worried he's going to get – you're just worried he's going to test positive in the middle of the damn tournament. I'm not worried. I'm freaking betting on it, bro. Like, if anybody is going to get the COVID, it's Jason Day. In fact, he's probably, he's probably, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, if anybody has built up some sort of immunity, it may be him. He's probably had it all along. I don't know. But yeah, any sort of illness floating around, they could Or, or he'll just up like his... wake up one morning and, you know, maybe have a little bit of dry mouth and the sniffles and, he just automatically he thinks withdraw. he thinks he's like oh oh that's crap the, yeah COVID that's the COVID yeah. I mean that that if that when that cotton thing hits the back of his nasal passages and it triggers a sneeze and then his eyes start watering he ain't got COVID he's just he just sneezed one time his his he's gone he's hitting it he's hitting the road like I'm not I'm not putting up with that that's for sure um, but but not to mention the fact that he's also even when he was playing iron play was not good. Um, not it was all. just not good, no. and, and and actually, and his putting and chipping was worse than Jordan. I mean, it's not not good. So, I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play Jason Day. That's my fate. I'm okay with that. Um, you know who we didn't talk about? We're gonna jump around a little bit. There's a lot. There's a lot to go on here. This is this this podcast is gonna run a little long. It just is what it is. We didn't talk about Rory. What do you, what do you uh, what are your thoughts on Rory? Well, I mean, we talked about this. Um, in last week's kind of pre-show for the Colonial, um, I thought he was very interesting because, again, he's never, and I mentioned this earlier, he's never played this course before. But he is literally playing as one of the best golfers in the world right now, if not the best golfer in the world right now, at least leading up to the pandemic. The thing is, we did know, um, if you follow him on social media and whatever else, he took a pretty long break before he picked up a club again. So... 
that concern concerns me a little bit, but I still think you know it doesn't take long for somebody like that because he probably about three to four yeah. weeks he started grinding back again to get himself into form. Um, and then he did the driving relief thing. Yeah, he did that and, and looked okay. But I, I think um, I want to play him. I, 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 you know, again as we've talked about, ownership's going to be key. But I just I feel like this could be a course. That he could like if he drives the ball well and takes some chances and is extremely aggressive off the tee and has you know good knowledge of this course, you know, going into it even though he's never played it really before in tournaments from a tournament standpoint, I think he could rip this thing apart uh, and just like totally change the game on how you play it. Um, but I, I just don't know. I don't know because you, you, think, you think they're gonna have to. You think they're gonna have to Rory. They proof might have colonial? to Rory proof this course if he takes starts taking it over trees oh, and stuff geez. on these dog legs. You know, John Rahm did that a couple years ago when he almost won, I and mean, he yep. basically just said, "You know what? I'm taking driver to this course and I'm gonna rip it up." And he almost won the damn tournament. I think Rory could do the same thing, and that was actually probably one of Rahm's first years playing it. So you know, it kind of goes against a little bit of my experience thing that I've been going off of, but. I, I am very interested in some Rory, and I, I just feel like it's going to be hard not to click his name in a few tournament lineups, but I do think he's going to be a little bit chalky as well in, in this. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's an expensive price there for him. I mean, that's expensive. I think, he's, I think the approach to Rory is if you want to play Rory and you, you feel convicted about Rory, then play him. I, I like Rory, um, but I think you have to choose between – I tend to make myself choose between the top three or four highest price guys, and if I got to choose between the top three, I'm going to take Rom. Part of that is the price baked in, right? And the I think his upside is very close to what Rory's upside is here, um, and I get a little bit of a price break. So I and and I, so if I'm going to do that, I'm not playing the other two, JT or Rory. Um, but if you want to play Rory, I think you play Rory, and I pl- I think you you play a ton of Rory. You know, go go way overweight, and then don't play over, anybody just, until you get. You just gotta remember, you know, you click on Rory's name, you're immediately down into that seven K range, you know, mid seven K range. Yeah. There's and a lot of value down here though. There's some value down there. there there's um, there's win equity in the seven K range. Yeah. There's so, win equity even in is, this field in the seven K range. Which is probably talking me even more into playing more Rory. <laughs> our boy our boy Ben Little sent us a fun trivia right before we started the show and he said of all the players, seventy nine hundred dollars and up. Who is number one in strokes gained around the green? Last one hundred rounds, Mr. Rory McIlroy is number one in the last hundred rounds. Documented on the PJ Tour, where you have strokes gained data. I would argue Shane Lowry is probably pretty close uh, there, Ben. If you could get all these European Tour events in there, but yeah, I mean, you, everybody thinks about Rory. Oh my God, bomber, ball striker. But the dude has has figured out how to scramble his nuts off when he misses a green. Um, so, he's got the whole package. Don't get it twisted. All right, let's get into the 7K range, Pat. Oh, man, I'm having such a hard time. There's so many decisions to make here in the 7K range. It's extremely difficult to do. So, I'm trying to narrow down who I like right now. Um, but, in all honesty, again, this is where the Nut Hut and Chalk Bomb are going to be valuable if you care about what we think come Wednesday night when we've been able to see ownership projections and kind of get a sense for what people are are talking about and we can hear some press conferences from some of these guys we can get some intel and some data from our caddies and the players we know that are at the event this week which are a lot of players and caddies 
Um, but I, I guess I will. I guess I'm going to start. If I got to nail one down right now, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here and go Kisner at $7,600. Our buddy Kevin Kisner. Uh, I know he's been playing, and I'm not just talking about the event at uh, at uh, at Pinehurst. Okay, I know for a fact he's been playing. He played my home course just a couple days ago. I know for a fact he's been with his coach John Tillery a good bit leading up to this week. And I know for a fact, we all know for a fact, that he loves this golf course. He won here when it was the Dean and DeLuca, whatever that meant. Uh, <laughs> he won here back in 2017. He is documented as talking about how much he loves the course, how much it suits his eye, how much he enjoys playing it, which is important for kids. Uh, you know, we talked to kids where he's like, boys, I ain't got a, I ain't got a, a chance in hell to win this golf tournament, right? It's important for him to be at a place where he feels like he's got a chance and he can compete with these boys. Any course that values uh, chipping, putting, is, is, is an advantage Kisner, right? Um, any, any course. So, and his best putting surface is bent. Uh, I think I've got to go Kiz here. And even though I think he'll be a more a, a popular player in the 7K range, I don't think it's going to be that. I mean, I think a popular player in the 7K range is going to mean like, nine percent i don't i don't see it being a whole lot more than that and that to me isn't a big deal so i'll start with kisner um then i'm going to go to oh god this is this just gets so tough uh then i'm gonna go with another guy a texas guy that we had his caddy on the podcast not too long ago his caddy talked about this golf course in particular for him, talked about one of his biggest strengths is driving the ball straight off the tee, putting and chipping, and he's got some some big old nuts on him, as we saw in the President's Cup, and that is Abraham Answer at $7,300. Old Abraham Answer uh, played U- University of Texas, I believe. Um, $7,300, I think, is a really solid value for Abe, and he just kind of does everything pretty well. Bent is his best putting surface. Um, he's just an accurate kind of grinder, ball striker, gets up and down, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So I think Answer may be able to give you a little bit of an edge here. And I think he's got the the I think he's got the rocks to compete in a field this strong. I think the President's Cup was a valuable experience for him. Uh, he's played in a WGC now, I believe. So I think he's got the I think he's got the the guts to to you know top ten this event. Um, old, old Abraham answer. Then I'm trying to mine some value here for the people, for the listeners, because you know if you're going to play Rory, which you've been talking about, you're going to need to drop down. So I'm trying to give you guys some cheaper plays. There's a bunch of names in here I like, so don't be chatting me and going, David, what about this? But at seven thousand, our minimum price down here in the seven K range, JT Poston. I, I you look at just if you don't look at any stats and you just start scrolling and you think about the kinds of players who play really well here. JT Poston also fits that. He's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour, putts well on bent. He's a great scrambler, very accurate, good ball striker. He's just solid all the way around, and he's going to be sub-5% owned in most contests, and you get a great price break with him. He's a PGA Tour winner. Um, So I just think, I don't know, I think think the Postman gives you some more really solid equity is what I think. So. And I'm going to go Kiz and Cash. Kiz is my cash play. I'll wait on the fades. What you got? Wow, okay. Um, I'm going to start with why the do you guy. Say, why do you always say wow, okay, when when I get done? You're always like, wow, okay. Like, What does that mean? Does that mean like 
you think my picks are garbage or you think I just talk too much or like what what is it what does that mean I don't know probably just inherent that you've talked too much but that I don't know that that could be wrong <laughs> it's a really lot sure. It's it's a lot, yeah. I mean, I, and also we don't have any players that we we in this category. We don't have any, well, actually, we do have one. Abraham Answer was one of my GPP plays, so we can go ahead and throw that out there. That was one I like that as well. Uh, I okay. really said I think the main reason I said wow is because I kind of started thinking there near the bottom of the seven K range, and there's a few guys in here that actually just oh, you, a ton. You got me to, and I don't need to mention them all, but. Um, there are a few guys in that low, low 7,000 number that are, you know, they're looking pretty good. I'm going to go up top here, and I'll start with a guy that I know you're going to disagree with. And this is a gut play. I feel like you can do that this week a little bit. And that is Brant Snedeker at 7,800. He's, he's out. He withdrew, didn't he? He's got an O next to his name. Good, good Lord. He does not. You might as well. You, you may as well just have stayed frozen. <laughs> this is why. This is why you don't just look at one site because I had him as. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I see. I. I, I maybe. Yep. He's maybe out. Sorry. Uh, Never mind. Take it. Take that out. <laughs> that adds me another. You should. You should have just stayed frozen. <laughs> I should have just stayed frozen. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, hey, look, okay. folks. It's the first week back. Okay. Like we're real. Yeah. We're we're rusty too. You know. Hey, I mean? uh, Moose over at Fantasy National. Why don't you go ahead and put him out? Okay. <laughs> This is a, a call-out move. I'm blaming Moose for, on that one. How many IPAs have you had right now? Just two. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, IPAs can get to you after two. You all right? Well, I mean, don't if if you're like if you're looking at. I'm not hating on <laughs> Fantasy National, but if you're looking at it, it doesn't show them yeah, out. Like, why, why is it show? Why is it show them in there? Just ask him. <laughs> anyway, all right. So next guy I do like is Billy Horschel at 7,400. I'm going opposite from the dog. That you have in Kevin Kisner, I'm going with the Gator and Billy Horschel. I do like him this week. I think this very is very accurate. I mean, whatever. I get it. I get Billy Ho. I mean, we mean very accurate. Like, I'm saying he's a very accurate player, Pat. Like, why? Why do? You, why are you like so freaking? You're like, it's like week one. You already want to find something to fight about. I'm just saying, like, I'm I don't saying like, he is very accurate. He's a very accurate player. Like accurate in what? Accurate in off, off the, the tee. tee? Like accurate. He's, he's a ball accurate. striker. He's, he's, he's accurate into the greens. Like where? Where is he accurate? Yeah. I just want to know. He's just generally effing accurate, is okay. what he is. All right. Why are you we'll so offended? That. At that? So he's generally accurate, and so Billy Horschel is a good play. I think at seventy four hundred. My cash play is actually Harris English. I love him. At this price range, on this course, I think he's a great play. Has great course history here. Checks all the boxes when you look at the stats. I love some Harris English. Now, you could probably play him in GPPs as well, but I think he's a good cash play also. Um, and he's been playing well this year. You look, at again, at the stats. He's fourth in greens and regulation. He's 16th in ball striking, 21st in strokes gained approach. So Harris English at 7,500 I think is a very good play. Um, what else? I mentioned answer. You, you you mentioned answer and Billy Ho is your GPP plays along with Snedeker. Who are you going to substitute in for Snedeker? So I think who I'm going to substitute in for Snedeker. English. No, it's not going to be Harris English. I, I let me say this. I like English. He's he's shaping up to be pretty chalky for this range. Which again, I, I know I kind of said like there's not going to be like real he chalk. Seem he's like that chalk, chalky of a name, but maybe I've seen a lot of chatter. I've seen a lot of chatter about English already. 
this already this week. Yeah, and I've mentioned chatter. I try to avoid some of the chatter on Mondays. But, but we're on Twitter all the time. I'm, what I'm talking about when problem. I say chatter is Twitter. Yeah. yeah. It is, um, it is a problem. Which can be a problem. Uh, uh, I think, no, what you kind of you kind of inspired me a little bit now that I had no clue that Snedeker had uh, withdrawn. Um, I like some Alex Noren down there at the bottom at 7,000. I was high on him early on in the year. He is a great scrambler. He's third in the field in scrambling. I think he could be an interesting play as well this week. Um, so we'll see. That's just a last-minute look, though, because... When when you go down to seven thousand, you look around. It's like I mean, he's got some worldwide victories. He hasn't been great lately, but he does have some worldwide victories. He's got some chops on him to be down there at that range. Yes, um, I want to talk about a few fades because I think there's a lot of names in here that are interesting. I'm going to be a little controversial with a couple of them. Both these guys have been on our podcast. One, of the, you know, both these guys are really good dudes. But I'm seeing some uh, some Twitter chatter already. For both these boys, and I think they're fates. Joel Damon is number one. Wow. Love Joel. Hope he plays great. I hope I I, I, I hope Joel texts me on Sunday night and says, DB, suck it, because he's holding he, I'm he's gonna wearing make the sure jacket. him and Gina know that you faded Yeah, I, I I hope he's wearing the jacket and it's and he does it. Here's the thing about Joel though. Like, we know this about Joel. First of all, I do think this is a decent course for him off the tee. Joel is not a great scrambler. No, he's not a great putter. Street. Okay, he's not a great putter. He's a decent putter. He's a better putter than he is a scrambler. But if Joel misses greens out here, I think he's in trouble. He has been playing a little bit. Played the Scottsdale Open. Uh, we know he's been playing. We also know that traditionally you don't play Joel his first event back. Okay. So I just think those are awesome reasons to take a look at Joel and possibly avoid this week. And let's see what he does. Uh, another player that I'm talking about is Max Homa. The thing that got me off of Max Homa is looking at some betting lines today, looking at some head-to-head matchups where Max is involved. I actually noticed some, some early line movement today where a lot of people going against Max Homa in some matchups. Um, and I just think Max is kind of one of those players that has such a presence on social media, has... Um, he has his own podcast now. Uh, he's now a winner. Everybody loves him. And so you get a little bit of that public lean towards Max because he's a likable guy and he's a popular guy and people want to, want him to do well. So I think in a public contest, he's going to be pretty chalky. Um, so I think he's worth a fade. I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of fades here. I think Matt Wolf is a massive fade here. He didn't play great when we did see him at the driving relief thing. He hit the ball a freaking mile. But, um, yeah, he won the, I'm not he won sure the long drive contest. Which you, you nailed, yep. Uh, I think Matt Wolf is not worth the spend here whatsoever. This is not an event that, that suits him very well. I think he's neutered, okay? Again, he's neutered here. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, so I mean, I just gave you a bunch of fades. I don't only really need to give you one, but there you go. There's others, but we can talk about that in the Nut Hut or the uh, whatever. All right, any, any, who's your fade? I have Victor Hovland as a fade. I don't mind that. I, just, I think he's overpriced. I think he's a little Horrible bit overpriced, and I just don't. And, and look, you know, you talk about the. Let's talk about Jason. You talk about Jason Day from a sickness level. I mean, maybe Victor Hovland in the off this three months like smoked a lot of weed, um, and did <laughs> did a lot of things that like yeah, pr- probably sh- shouldn't have done, 
and he's it's going to take him a little while to get back up to speed. So I just feel like Victor could be one of those guys. Slow, that the the break slow. really might have hurt him a little bit from a from a golf standpoint. I don't know, but but we'll see. So yeah, Victor is going to be my fade in this range. All right, let's tackle the six K. Um, what you got? Who you got in six K? All right, I'm going to start off at six thousand eight hundred. I like some Adam Long. I think he is a good play this week, and he's hmm. a, a guy that you know, you and I have both been on, um, you know, a good amount this year, especially early on in the year. But um, I, I like Adam. You know, he checks the box and ball striking. Um, he's he's very accurate off the tee. If you even want to look at that, strokes gain approach. He's in the top thirty in the field, also in greens and regulation. I, I just like Adam Long in, on this course. I think it's a good course fit for him. Uh, 6800 I think, is a good price as well, so I will take some of him. Uh, the other guy I like, and now he's not going to check a ton of boxes for you, but he has played well as far as this event is concerned uh, the last couple of years, and that is Andrew Putnam, who was T3 last year and top 20 yeah. in 2018. Um, he does, though, he's you know checks the box on strokes gained approach, so at least there's that when it comes to these, you know, tricky small greens. So I like Putnam at 6,800. So those are my two GPP plays here. Bonus play, a guy that I definitely think is going to be super low owned, but, you know, has Texas ties, and that is Bo Hostler at 6,600. Hasn't really played all that well that great that this year. Um, but he is top 10 in the field in putting on bent grass greens if you look over the last 100 rounds. So... This is a surface that he's comfortable on, so it's a little bit of a flyer there at 6,600, but I think Bo Hostler has a chance to, um, you know, we know he's a talented player. He has shown in the past, he's played plenty of events on tour, so he's got experience, um, and I'm sure he's got experience playing this course, um, you know, not just in, in tournament conditions, um, where he has made the cut the last two years, but in general. So I like some Bo Hostler at 6,600. I think he's a you know, a good flyer, cheap play down here. Uh, so there you go. Those are three guys that I, I pinpointed to write to talk about here. You tend to have a soft spot for Bo Hostler. I don't know what it is. I, I think I don't know if it's the visors that you love. It's him like and Bud Colley. You know, Bud is another guy I like this week. Maybe it's the visor. Um, He's got a okay, good personality I, though too. A good person. Are you dating him? What are we doing? <laughs> I'm just telling you. He's got a good okay. personality. Okay. Um. I love Bud Colley here, and I knew I knew you wouldn't be able to get through it without saying his name, but I had him teed up. I think if I'm going to play anybody in this range, it's Bud Colley. Now, if I'm going to go down here, I would like to know that they've at least played this course a few times and somewhat, you know, find a way to keep coming back. Bud Colley's one of those guys, loves this golf course, you know, plays here almost every year, every chance he gets, which tells me it's one he wants to put on his schedule, one that suits his eye. He's got some good finishes here. He checks the right boxes. And it's $6,800. I think it's a really solid value if you're going to go down here in this range. The only other guy I really have any exposure to, I do like your Putnam play. I could see myself coming around on a little Andrew Putnam. Uh, but I like Matt Naismith, a guy living right down the street from here, right here in, in, in uh, well, I'm in Augusta. He's in Aiken. Um, been playing a lot here locally. I've seen him play a lot locally. I know he's been keeping the game sharp, young, single, hungry, corn fairy grad, been playing really well lately. In a limited sample size that we have, his best surface is by far bent grass greens, and he does everything really well. Um, he's going to be super low on Matt Naismith at 6,900. 
I think going back to like a little bit of theory, like I don't know that I'll find myself in the 6K range a ton, but with, you know, we, I've noticed in the chat right now, we're getting a ton of names on the YouTube chat right now uh, asking. Yeah, I appreciate you, know, you sending me that you, link, which I've asked you for. Yeah, I didn't three want to. You get distracted. During, you get distracted. You, I've asked you for three times during this whole That's broadcast. Okay. You'll be okay. Um, a lot, a lot of people asking about a lot of names in the 7K, and most of them, like, I have thoughts on, but we don't have, we, I don't want to do a two hour show. But here's what I'll say I, I just feel like going back, I, I want to reiterate, like, you can have exposure to a lot of these players to catch it if you just lock in a handful of guys up at the top, or just like, and that, and that may, that may lend itself to a larger player pool. Um, if you're playing like some of the, the like the Millie Maker or whatever. So I think there's a lot of players in that 7K range specifically that you can have exposure to if you're disciplined up top and, and don't have as many players. You don't, you don't want to have the whole field. Um, but I don't see myself really dipping into the 6K range because you really need like top 10, 15 upside, you know, in, in a field this strong. That's going to be tough to come by outside of a couple names in the, in the 6K range. Um, from a betting perspective, though, Pat, there's a few of these names that kind of caught my eye. I want to make sure we get them. Kisner, if I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, Kisner is 90 to one. <coughs> I already mentioned, already sold, already sold. You know, made my pitch on why I think Kisner's a good play. But you know, be reminded he's got win equity and he plays in all the majors. Like this is not a field that really scares him. 90 to one seems like a big number. Another guy, similarly, who's also a PGA Tour winner, who plays in a lot of majors, a lot of big fields. We haven't talked about him, but he's 100-1 to 1 on DK Sportsbook. That's Adam Hadwin. I think that's a very interesting play. If you look at the player profile on Hadwin versus what it takes to play well historically, they match up. Uh, Gary Woodland is at 60-1. to 1. We didn't mention Woodland, um, but he's at 60-1. to 1. That's a major champion winner. Bomber, who plays really well on shorter courses where he just ha can club down. You, you worry about Gary if he has to scramble. That's the only thing. He, he, he lost his mind the week he won the, the U.S. Open and scrambled like he'd never scrambled before. But historically not a great scrambler. But if Gary hits fairways like you and hits greens, I mean, obviously you can say that about anybody, but like you better watch out. If he's missing them, he's, he's cooked. He's not going to be able to recover. And then a couple top ten bets over on DK Sportsbook that I like. Doc Redman who we haven't even mentioned. He's way down there. Young kid, really good player, can score in bunches when he gets hot. Um, if conditions kind of stay benign, he's 33-1 to 1 at, to at a top 10 bet, which is a pretty long number for a guy like Doc. 33-1 to 1 at top 10. And then I mentioned JT Poston. He's at 14-1 to 1 at a top 10 over on DK Sportsbook. So a couple things to think about there in terms of betting. But we'll have more uh, like head-to-head -head bet stuff in the Chalk Bomb and in the stuff coming this week. Any final thoughts there, Pat, before we get into just the tip and wrap this bad boy up? No, I think uh, good stuff there on the betting. So, yeah, let's uh, – man, we're coming to the end of the Charles Schwab podcast. Amazing first event back in three months. Just mm -hmm. very ex – I'm just very excited. <clears throat> I feel like TJ After Dark is going to get kind of saucy a little bit. Um do we have How's any that? bets we want to make? Why don't we make a bet, me and you? Why don't we make a Why don't we make a wager? You know, the last show, the last preview we did was you know the Players Championship, and I ended up having to have a tramp stamp tattooed on my on my tramp stamp area. Now, I feel like this is you know this is I, I've, I've come out of quarantine 
learning a little more about discipline. And I feel like this is, you're, you're catching me at a you know time when I've had some drinks and things like that. I just don't know. I don't know if I need to, to be. But you've had drinks. You've had drinks every time we do a podcast. Are yeah, we never going to do a bet yeah, again? Sometimes we do them more. I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm getting Yeah, but think about here. all the, think about all the new listeners that, that want to see I've us I've been have winning a, have actually a, a lot a of these bets lately. Well, then you should continue the hot streak. But think about all the new listeners that are like, that are like, oh wow, these guys are gonna bet against each other, and whoever loses is gonna have to do this. That, and then, then they'll be. I, but you know I don't what I mean? have like, one. That I think just that could con- be like you like bring one up. This is now this again. You could be controlling the bet here, but um, um, well, let's see. Let's think of some hot takes that that maybe we disagreed on. Um, uh, you said you kind of liked my Lowry call when it was all said and done. We agreed on on uh, Xander. What about Bryson? Did you agree with my Bryson take? I did not actually agree with your Bryson take. I thought there's a chance that Bryson could be a good play this week. I actually wrote that down to talk so, about on the DK show. Uh, so do we? So do we do that? Could we? Have, could we possibly have a have a Bryson bet? I could go with a Bryson bet. What what okay? What would be the the bet? Like, where do you think the bet? I mean, do I think Bryson's going to make the cut? Yes. So we got to have some kind of a a top. Like he'll finish this or worse kind of bet. Um. Well, where he's priced at, I mean, you got to go. I think at least top twenty five or better. I'm actually over probably overflating. I'm inflating that a little bit. But. Yeah, I think I, yeah, he's got to finish a little <laughs> bit. I mean, this, this, like this is a negotiation. This is a negotiation at well, this point. So. Well, I do not agree with that negotiation. He's the fourth highest price guy on the board. All right, I think I think he finishes outside the top fifteen. So sixteen know. or worse. I don't know. I don't know if I can. He's the fourth, the fourth price guy. I just don't. I don't know if that's. I mean, okay. Would it would it make you feel better he's if we go ahead and terrible here? Because you talked about course history and how you're not a big fan of it this week. He's played horrible at this course. He's made, missed a cut three times, and his best finish is a T42. <laughs> I don't know how I can sit here and say that I'm gonna, you know, even though he's the fourth highest priced guy, that I, I can say he's gonna finish top 15 when he's done terrible here. Okay. Well, nonetheless, we'll we'll figure that out. But here's what the loser has to do. And this came from Marcus Miklovich, uh, watching live on YouTube. Thank you, Marcus. If you don't know, you can watch live on YouTube as we do this crap show of a podcast. Marcus says whoever loses has to uh, film and record a a decent length, like let's say 30 seconds or more, uh, Bryson imitation video. So you have to do your best Bryson DeChambeau impersonation if you lose. All right. Well, I think that's very agreeable. That's very agreeable. That's very I'll agreeable. I'll agree to that. We just got to figure out what the bet is because I don't I don't know if right now we can agree no, on we, anything. Yeah, we got to land that right now. We got new listeners. They want to know. They want to know. We got we got to land that right now. I think top 15 or better for a guy who's priced fourth in the field is very fair. A I top 15. I, I'll go to 18. <sighs> Give me a break, Pat. 18? I'll go to 18. Otherwise, he's, no bet. He's plus one thirty-eight to finish top twenty on DraftKings. Plus one thirty-eight, eighteenth or better. I'm splitting the difference between what I said originally, which was t twenty-five. Okay, how, how about how about how about seventeenth or better? Give me one. You, you, give me one over seventeenth or better. 
I feel like this is a loser. I gave you but, 15. Okay, I feel like this is a loser, but I'm going to go I'll go with the T17. You've won I, all the bets. I don't dude. feel like this is a good bet that I don't I don't feel comfortable about it okay. like I did the other. Okay. T17. Others, he's got to finish T if he finishes T17 or better. Yeah. T17 or better, then I'm doing an imitation video. Which I almost don't hate that. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this you is do almost, it, yeah. This is almost a win-win for me. Um, all right. So then go to T18. No, no, it's already, we've already locked it down. We've already locked it down to T17. <laughs> okay, uh, just the tip. Let's get into our last segment of the night where we give you just the tip, a DFS or golf betting tip, a singular tip to make you a better DFS player or gambler. Welcome to Just the Tip. Okay, go. Okay, go. You go. Oh, I got to go first? Sure, go first. Or, or you just wanted me to do some sort of sound effect like you yeah. do. Like a, a bow, bow, You bow, go bow. first. Yeah. Okay. All right. First. Uh, so this week, here's what I want to talk about this week. I'm going to center around the word bias. Because we have a lot of bias mm. when it comes to uh, golf in general and there's different types of bias. Like one, Bryson DeChambeau being a good, that's a good segue here. Um, we might not like Bryson DeChambeau. We might not like Patrick Reed. There's a lot of guys we may hate as players or personalities or whatever. But that doesn't mean that you don't play them in your DFS lineup. Now, you can choose not to play them because you don't like them. But let's all be smart here and not just say that you're going to not play a guy because you hate him as a personality and whatever else, because they could still win you some damn money, which is what this is all about. Um, another thing is is sort of recency bias. You know, we talk about that a lot. Um, you know, you look at results from the past, and we like recent form and things like that, but then you get stuck on guys, and you think that, you know, because certain things have happened, that's going to how, how it's going to happen in the future. And I want to say that I actually credit you for how this thought started as far as the advice, mm, tip, or whatever when you call it. Because you sent out an article uh, to me and Ben, a betting article. It was very informative. And one of the, the, the psychology sections of it was about all about bias and how that really can affect your betting or, in this case, you could apply it to DFS or whatever like that. You know, so I think bias is something that you've you've got to wrap your head around, and you it clouds your judgment if you're biased a certain way towards a player or or whatever, whether it's negatively or positively. Or you look at luck and you think, oh, my luck is all it's it's bound to change at some point, but it's you know it's just not. So I think what it meet all boils down to is you always have to treat each new golf tournament as it's like a new beginning. It's not a continuation of something else, uh, of a previous tournament or whatever it is. Like every week I think, and this is something I wanna work on because I feel like I get biased in my thought or I get biased in thinking that my luck is gonna change or whatever and it, you know, it's, you know, it's not. And so you just gotta, I think, stick to the data. You gotta stick to the resources that you have and then go from there every week with the decisions that you're making as far as players are concerned. Yes, you're going to look at course history. You're going to look at recent form once we get better, more recent form. But I think that for me, I want to start to take bias out of it. I want to take the bias that I have going into a tournament, whether it's hating a player or how they've 
you know, treated me in the past or whatever, and, and sort of just look more at the data, you know, the course fit, that kind of stuff, and then go from there. I think that's important. And the, the, again, it's just that it clouds your judgment and it makes, it makes you make poor decision if you let bias just kind of infiltrate what you're doing when you're looking at players from a week-in and week-out basis. I don't know if that made any sense, but I just think it's important to look at. I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, you went beyond the tip there. You were like half in, half out. Um, but it did it did make sense, and bias is important. Also, I'm really thrilled that you actually read that article because I remember texting it and then, like, never hearing anything from anybody. And I'm, I, I feel like my dad, who just forwards crap to my in my emails, and then, I, you know, he never knows if I read it or not because I never reply. I just didn't think you did it. But I'm, I'm happy to know that you actually read that. Uh, yeah. Totally real, totally get it. Uh, mine, my segment for tonight for just the tip is similar. I pretty much already talked about it, honestly, but I can't harp on it enough. As I went back and revisited the conversation with Peter Jennings, one of the things we asked him: it's a hot topic, especially if you pay attention on the Twitter streets. We said, Peter Jennings, do you think that course history is predictive? And he said. Course history is absolutely predictive, okay? However, uh, it is dynamic, course to course, week to week, player to player, and you have to evaluate that. And that's the big takeaway for me. Uh, This week is an example we've already talked about this week. You know, course history at Augusta National is different than course history at, uh, you know, Shishan, right? Like, it's just different. And you have to apply it differently. And if you're one of these that you do models and you do, you know, let me let me let me let me weight my models and my stats and my history and my form and my all those kind of things. Like, you cannot get so regimented in your model in your weighting that you weight it the same every week. It is extremely dynamic. We also talked about, uh, and we've we've been we're operating this way for a long time. Peter Jennings agreed that it's really five years is really all you're looking at. Like, you look back at the last five years, anything beyond that is almost really the only thing you can, really the only thing you could gather is like, let's look at a guy like, let's look at the John Deere, right? And you look at, uh, you look at uh, Zach Johnson, okay? Zach Johnson's played that event for like the last 20 years, which obviously does mean, yes, like, he's very familiar with it. He knows every blade of grass out there and he's very comfortable, but that's it. And and then when you really ev- want to evaluate where he finishes, it's like look at the last 5 years, but don't look at like 2007. It just doesn't matter. You know, the recent course history over the last 5 years is what matters. Courses change all the time. The game changes, you know, and 5 years is about the max you want to go. Um, and this week is a perfect example. It's dynamic to the strength of the field. If the field drastically improves, course history is looked at as different, and it just doesn't carry the same weight. So that's the biggest thing is, like, just be dynamic with it. Just be understanding week to week what it's going to look like. We're going to run into the same thing next week, by the way. Harbortown Golf Course at Hilton Head Island ain't never seen the field that's going to hit Harbortown next week. That field has not been finalized yet. It will be finalized on Friday. I talked to Henrik Norlander last week, and Henrik said, hey, I'm the fifth alternate at Colonial, but I'm the 17th alternate at Hilton Head, at Harbortown right now. So everyone loves Harbortown. The guys that, that, that 
go to Harbortown, love it every year. The guys that don't go to Harbortown say, man, I wish I could go to Harbortown, but I don't because it's the week after a major and I tend to take that week off. Well, now it's not the week after a major. That's going to be a stacked field. And and next week we're going to see the very same thing where the history at Harbortown is based off of a field strength that is unlike what we're going to see next week. And you've got to be willing to be dynamic and accept that and either lower the weight of course history or raise it based on what's going on. Uh, my one comment on that is actually I think that was a very good point that people miss when the course history discussion gets brought up, which is almost like I almost sometimes feel like it's Democrat versus Republican. I mean, like, it's, it, <laughs> it is, is. It does feel that. This, on Twitter, this, yeah. This, on the Twitter. word dynamic, which you said about 18 times, um, <laughs> is is important because it, it it does it is event to event like you can't just get so caught up in course history that you you don't understand that that and I think we know this and sort of you know inherently because we've done this for so long and we know which courses seem to really bring out what actually course history means which like like and, and when I I think the the Augusta National is really like the best example and the one I always use because I do think it is it is very dynamic to that event because it, it it's i mean it's tr- it's shown that for years i mean jack nicholas won in 86 when he was older than whatever and he's still like he knows how to play that course and he knows he's comfortable there like that's what you think of when you think of course history not shishan or something like that so i, I do think it's a great point to make and i think that it's um so i'm, I'm glad you brought that up and uh yeah as much as I've wanted to I mean, combat you a lot tonight and like yell at you and do some of the things that we normally do, and it's going to happen, guys. So new listeners, I'll fly off the handle at some point. I've tried <laughs> to be relatively calm tonight, and I have yeah. done it fairly well. If I'd been on Tito's, if Tito's had been in the equation, I don't know what would have happened. But DB, great point. Yeah, um, I, there. I feel like I have. Uh, I feel like I'm. I, I feel like I'm like kicking it into. Uh, like I, I've been orbiting Planet Tito's, and I'm I'm like now I've stopped orbiting, and I'm in my I'm in my initial descent. So TJ after dark should be pretty good. Um, yeah, should be pretty good. Thank you guys for listening. If you've stuck on this long, holy crap, you deserve you deserve a pat on the back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, may your screens be green. May your betting cards be profitable. And uh, we got a ton of content this week. I'm excited about it. Golf is back. COVID-19. You know what I mean? (laughs) Thanks for watching. See ya.